0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Is the current narrative about Auburn's quarterbacks true? Let's jump into the numbers on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach,
0: I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We will be joined by Sonny DeShara, Auburn Baseball Standout, who currently leads all of college baseball in batting average and on base percentage. He previews the series against Fandy coming up. But first things first, folks. I wanted to spend a few minutes continuing our conversation. We had a big chunk of, you know, deep diving into some analytics and numbers yesterday about TJ Finley. And I wanted to continue kind of talking about the narrative that a lot of people in the comment section yesterday were talking about. And I think it's worth noting. And that is... When TJ Finley is pressured, when the missiles are flying, how does he respond? And I wanted to see what the numbers say, and I wanted to share that with you. So a few things to kind of set some ground rules for this conversation that we're having today is, as a general rule, the reason you rush the passer is because when a quarterback is pressured, they do worse, right? Uh, I think that is clear. And so when people say, hey, when this quarterback is rushed, they do worse. Well, that's everyone. That's virtually everyone. And so let's just keep that in mind as we go through some of what we're talking about today. So I'm going to read you two different scenarios with TJ Finley. One is his sample size last year from Auburn. And then one is his sample size in 2020 when he started for LSU. So we got, we got a little bit bigger of a sample size than what we talked about yesterday. Last year at Auburn, he was pressured on 38% of his dropbacks. Now, all these numbers are from pro football focus, and there's a few things they do not account for. They do not account for how long you hold the football. So it's just, did he ever get pressured in the play? It doesn't matter if it was one second or four or five seconds into the play. So I don't think that's extremely relevant, but I think it's worth noting. So, in the 38% of his dropbacks where he was pressured, he was 18 of 42 passing at Auburn last year. That is 42.9% completion percentage when TJ Finley was pressured at Auburn last year. He had a 49.2 offensive rating per pro football focus when he was pressured. That number jumps considerably when he wasn't pressured, as it should and went up to 80.2%. Okay? So I, I think that kind of lines up with what a lot of people are saying. When you look at 2020 LSU, TJ Finley, he was pressured on 26.5 of his dropbacks there. So less. Um, so he was 12 of 32 under pressure at LSU. So he had a pass a completion percentage of 37.5%. So it was pressured less at LSU, but his completion percentage was also less. And so I think there's a few things to note here. One is, from a pass protection standpoint, Auburn's offensive line was better last year than LSU's was the year prior to that. I think everyone agrees. I mean, that LSU situation in 2020 was terrible. It was really, really bad. Which brings me to our second thing that I think we need to kind of bring up here is LSU's wide receivers in 2020 were absolutely depleted. I mean, that's when, like, that's when Jamar Chase sat out. I mean, their whole roster like sat out, it seems like. If you were a good player for LSU and we're going to get drafted, it seems like you sat out in 2020. And also, I think it's worth noting that Auburn's receivers during TJ Finley's stint as starting quarterback last year did not help him. And then also, I think the last note to mention when we talk about all of this was a third of T.J. Finley's starts for Auburn last year, he was hurt. And really, I mean, the the second half of the Iron Bowl, he was clearly injured, and he was not over that by the time they played Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. But I think this lines up with what many of you were saying when T.J. Finley has bullets flying at him, um, he's not as good of a quarterback. But that's not saying a whole lot. I don't think, just because I think that's just kind of normal. That's kind of what is expected so far when you look at quarterback play. That's a reason why you rush the passer, and honestly, I think that's why Auburn's defense is going to be so good this season is because I think the, the pass rush of this defensive front is going to be very, very good. I mean, Colby Wooden, from an interior pass rushing standpoint, was one of the best in college football a year ago. You don't get really credit for that because you're not sacking them, but you're impacting the play and you're generating um, you're generating a pass rush. And when you can rush the passer from the middle of the offensive line and push the pocket directly back, I mean, that's where the quarterback is looking. That's where they're standing. And, and so it's going to impact you more than if you're coming from an edge. And I, and I think that's worth noting. And that's also where it's like this isn't a perfect numbering system and a comparison because... There's different, um, there's different types of pressure. And so I, I think that's worth noting as well. But all in all, this lines up with what the current narrative is for TJ Finley. But if you're going to make that claim that TJ Finley is not good against pressure, therefore you want Zach Calzada, we need to see, does the logic hold up? So let's look at Zach Calzada in just a moment what I want to tell you guys about athletic greens they've got a new product it's called ag1 they sent us a sample it was like a week sample I loved it I thought it was great I had to have more of it so mine is actually in the mail right now it's worth every penny in fact I signed up for the subscription so they're just going to send me a new um, batch of ag1 uh, every week and so the, the story of this is Athletic Greens was created when the founder, they experienced a bunch of gut health issues. And so he had to go out and buy all of these different supplements and different vitamins. And it was costing him like a hundred bucks a day. And so he created Athletic Greens, uh, which is now AG1, the product that is now known as AG1. And it solved everything. Doctors love AG1. Folks that try AG1 continue to stick with it because they love how it makes them feel. And so I encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, Athletic Greens makes it really easy. They give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and also five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is go to our link. That is athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college. Take ownership of your health. And once again, athleticgreens.com slash college.
0: All right, how does Zach Calzada,
1: the Calzone himself, how does he do against pressure? And let's go into these talking about how Auburn's offensive line last year was better at pass pro than TAMU's, right? That is something that will help Zach Calzada and your perception of him as we go through these numbers. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So in 2021 for Texas A&M, he was pressured on 35.5% of the dropbacks. And so a much larger sample size here, I mean, he started more games, started virtually the whole season. He was 50 of 112. So that is a completion percentage of 44.6%. It's not bad. That is not bad under pressure. And check this out. He had a 60.5 offensive rating when pressured that jumped to a 90.1 offensive rating when he was protected. So for comparison... When T.J. Finley last year at Auburn was pressured, he had a 49 offensive rating. Calzada had a 60 offensive rating. And when Finley was protected, it jumped to 80. And when Calzada was protected, it jumped to 90. So for the pro Calzada camp, I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want there. Also, this, this is the stat for me. If you are pro Zach Calzada... This is, I believe, the stat you need to really hold on to here. When Zach Calzada was blitzed at Texas A&M, his completion percentage was 56.9%. When he was not blitzed, it dropped to 55.4%. And get this, when he was blitzed at Texas A&M last year, his touchdown to interception ratio was eight touchdowns, one pick against the blitz. When he wasn't blitzed, nine touchdowns, eight picks. So, going into the season, if your biggest concern is how quarterbacks react to pressure, if that's the main concern of yours in a vacuum, Zach Calzada's the guy. I think, based on all of this, I think there are other factors to go into it. Like T.J. Finley was a full participant in spring. Finley probably knows the system a little bit more. Finley has more timing with wide receivers. And I, I think Finley's won the locker room based on people that I've talked to. I, I think those are all things that matter. Now, if they had an equal, you know, if their exit ramp was the same length, um, I think it's Calzada's job to lose. And there's a very real chance that Calzada wins the job in the fall. And Brian Harson may want that to happen. I have no idea. I have no idea. But right now, I'm predicting that it's Finley 1 right now, Calzada 2, Ashford 3, and Garner 4. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to the quarterback fallout if Calzada wins it and what happens with Ashford and, and Finley moving forward. But... I mean, I, I think this is pretty good. For for the folks in the comment section yesterday, they were all about saying, well, TJ Finley, you know, when he's blitzed, bad things happen. And I, and I think I think the pro football focus numbers agree with you. I think that's the story that you're trying to tell. But I like Finley's arm talent more, just as far as raw ability. I, I like that more. Um, is Calzada a little bit better with his feet? I think so. I think a little bit. Um... But if you're that concerned about that, like you should give Robbie Ashford a better look. So still, you know, I, I think there's a lot to look at there. Before we move to our, uh, our conversation with Sonny Deshera, I want to share um, a note. There seems to be growing hype about Killian Zaire at one of the tackle spots. There seems to be growing hype there. And so just talking about pass protection, I think Killian Zaire will be one of the guys protecting whoever is at quarterback. He appears to be emerging and his stock has appeared to rise over the course of spring. And so where he starts on a day, it sounds like it may be left tackle. I think that will be very, very telling based on um, some of the things that I'm hearing. I think that's very valuable. And so what does that mean for Austin Troxel? And what does that mean for other tackles like Brendan Coffey and Alec Jackson's been playing a good bit of tackle? Is that going to be a three-man battle in the fall for the other tackle spot? I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things happening there. And so in the fall, the first glimpse we get when guys like um when Brandon Council and Nick Brahms and Keandre Jones are fully healthy and going every day, uh, and Zaire is the the fourth one. I you gotta think is gonna start the season as a starter. I would think, unless they're just unhappy with, you know, his his inconsistencies and not being available all the time. I don't fully know the answer to that, but I think that's worth noting, and I think that's worth looking at moving forward. But Saturday, another guy to watch. We've been kind of creating a list over the course of the week. I think Zaire needs to be on there. And I think that's good for Auburn. If a guy has separated himself in the spring at one of the tackle spots, that's what you've been asking for. Physically, Killian offers everything that you want for a tackle. And so... That's, um, I think that's a win. I think that's a win moving forward. Sonny Deshara joins the show next, but first I want to tell you about our friends at betonline.net. They are the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcast reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all sporting and wagering information. A lot of good stuff happening at BetOnline
0: that's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: And joining us now here on the show, Sonny Deshara, the man who is leading all of college baseball in batting average and on base percentage. He is 10th in the country and reaching base due to a walk. Sonny, I mean, congratulations, seriously, on this incredible start to the season. Thanks, I mean, you got to be thanks. happy with what you're putting up, putting up on the, on the field.
2: Yeah, man, it's awesome, obviously. And we, you know, we're, 20 and nine heading into our third or fourth weekend of sec play and you know it's just it's just good to keep it rolling good to be able to contribute
1: i mean it's got to be a cool feeling you know throughout practice and i mean you guys have been traveling a lot as of late so i mean just kind of seeing you know this team come together when everybody i mean pretty much everybody picked you guys to finish last in the sec and obviously the season's not over and you guys aren't focused on this but debuting in the top 25 for the first time this season after everybody said, no way, there's no way these guys get it together. And you got a million other things on your, you know, to do this season, of course, but it's got to be a good feeling of what you've done so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it was like 60 or 70 guys in our program who, you know, we saw, we know those rankings, we know what they said and just being able to turn some people's heads and, you know, kind of shove it in the naysayers mouth. It's kind of nice, but, you know, obviously we've got to keep on climbing. Keep on winning, keep on playing good.
1: Now, before we, before we started recording, Lindsay, you had a very important question for Sonny Deshara. You had a very important one that I think we need to just get
0: out there. Okay, so there's been a lot of people trying to give you nicknames. They've been going with Sonny D. Uh, I saw an Italian stallion out there, but we've been calling you the Thick King, thick with two Cs, obviously. Uh, and I just wanted to make sure that, like, of all of the nicknames you have, which one is your favorite?
2: I mean, I, I really like all of them. I've been called so many different names in my life, but Dick King is definitely a first. That's, that's just funny.
0: Thank you. Like, I, I Thank you. It. We'll take it. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, shoving things you know, like back at the naysayers who, did, who, who didn't think that Auburn as a team could do what, the, what they're doing. What was it like for you bringing your offensive game to the SEC when there were people who questioned how that would play at a higher level and, the, you know, like look at what you've done at the plate since you've come up?
2: I mean, you know, it's all baseball at the end of the day. It's all just, you know, everybody's got to step in the box. Everybody's got to hit a little white ball. And so I just kept my same mentality, kept my same approach, and just kind of let the game come to me. I didn't let anything get too quick on me. And just that's what I'm going to continue to do.
1: But, I mean, can you tell a difference, though, in in the competition that you're facing from last year to this year?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the SOCON was great. The Southern Conference is still a really good conference. Sure. You know, nothing against them. Um, it was still great competition, but the difference being is like the different type of depth and the different type of players that you got on the field, you know, we're faced, you know, we go out on the field against LSU and A&M and Ole Miss, and they got, you know, guys who have been heavily, heavily recruited and heavily, you know, you know, at the top of the leaderboards in their right. class for their whole life. And I think that's just the difference of the competition of like people, you just know that people are better. And I think it's just awesome getting to go out there competing as those guys. Sure. And ahead,
0: and talk. when you face Old Miss or Texas AM and m and you see all these guys on the field who are MLB draft prospects and scouts are there to watch them, are you cognizant of the fact that scouts are watching you? And, and kind of what do you think about your MLB prospects as we ha- we're halfway through the season and you are draft eligible?
2: I mean, if I've never really like had a hard how I just try not to not think about any stuff like that. You know, hopefully I get to hear my name called one of these days soon. But I just... Because, I mean, obviously some guys get to thinking about that and they just, you know, their head starts spinning and, you know, it's, it's it just turns to a bad thing. So, I mean, I really just don't even try to think about it. I and mean, yeah. it's cool seeing them up there. I know, I know a bunch of them just personally. And, you know, I just try not to think about it.
1: I, I think that makes sense. Focus on the task at hand and the results will, you know, take care of themselves. I know people say that, but I'm always a little skeptical, Sonny, whenever somebody yeah. says that. It's like, how are you not? And it's got to be tough, right, to not yeah, focus I mean, on
2: that? It is, but I mean, I'm just really like this group of guys we got. We're just more focused on winning, right? And you know, competing in the game than, like, I mean, we could play in a crowd of in front of fifty thousand people, and I just, I'm um, luckily, I'm just one of those guys where it just doesn't really matter, you know, who's there or not. That's great. You just gotta play nine innings and win the game.
1: Sonny, what's the what's the mindset going into Vanderbilt? Uh, I mean, obviously, a, a very talented team is coming to Auburn this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've dropped two of their they've dropped two of their last three series and. You know they're they got to be searching for some fire, so I'm hopefully we can just keep them down and keep them out of the fight and just put put our foot on their neck, kind of. Yeah, we've also you know we've dropped two at the last two series at home too, and so
1: yeah,
2: we're also looking for that fire playing. In a, I'm sure we're gonna have a big crowd there all three days, and so we're just continue We're just gonna continue to poke that fire. Hopefully,
1: I mean, just what an absolute statement you guys could make. Um, with a series win this weekend, I mean, oh, yeah. uh, I mean that that's obvious. It's a it's a hot ticket. Ticket prices are up right now for this series. I mean, people want to be in Plainsman Park this weekend to see you guys. That's got to mean a oh, ton. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it's I mean it's awesome when we can pack that stadium out and sell it out. I mean, going you know playing in some Southern Conference games. There's you know we don't get to play in stadiums like we do in the SEC all the time, and and just being able to like have all those fans behind your back, even when we're away, when we got all those fans just not behind our back. It just, it just draws a, you know, just makes guys want to win even more.
0: Sure. When you're going to, to an LSU or you're going to be going somewhere like an like a Arkansas or a Tennessee uh, what, you know, coming from the Southern conference and now going into the sec, like how is it different? The preparation to go on a road trip like that? As far as what the team's doing, what you're doing, and 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 just getting ready for that different kind of environment,
2: um, I think the preparation is you know just kind of the same with you know from being two different colleges. It's they try to not make a big deal of where we're going to play and where we're playing at. It's just you just it's just baseball, you know. There's nine guys on each team trying to beat each other, and or nine guys on the field at a time just trying to beat each other. And I think they just try to keep the environment aspect out of it.
1: It has to be the coolest feeling ever. When you hit a home run on the road, because like everyone watching you is just like instantly upset, like instantly. Um, How's that? How's that in the SEC?
2: Oh, when I hit that home run at year. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm referring to. Absolutely, you could you could literally hear a pin drop. It was so it was just. I mean, it's just kind of funny.
1: You took your time Uh, uh, rounding the bases too. Was that by design? You think?
2: Uh, Well, I hit a ball like that on uh, game one Thursday night, and it didn't go over. And I mean, I figured I wasn't getting a triple out of that. So <laughs> I was going to, it was a Sunday game too. And, you know, body gets a little tired towards the end there. You still got to fight.
0: I get it. Have you, have you thought about how many balls that you have had caught at the warning track this year, that would probably be home runs in most other conferences that are not the SEC. Has that been frustrating? Cause even going yeah. back to Texas, when you were in Arlington, you tattooed some balls that were caught at the warning track or in the gap.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just this is just how baseball is, you know. We, we were somebody was telling about that the other day. Like whenever we're playing at a huge park, I somehow find the find a way to just hit it to dead center and they catch it. I mean, it's just you know, it's just baseball. Sure. Like I'll 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 do that. You know, see we get caught ten times, then I'll hit one off the end of the bat that creeps over our left field wall. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's how it works, right? That's how that's, it works. That's
2: all that's all it is, Sonny. The,
0: the baseball gods give and take. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yes. absolutely, Sonny. You're wearing nil Auburn. Hat, what kind of? Um, I mean, how how has that impacted your life as a college athlete? I mean, uh, you know, as we're recording this Wednesday, I, I assume you got ba- uh, got back late Tuesday night from uh, from Birmingham, and then we're recording this after you got done with class. I mean, you know, it, it's a brutal schedule. You guys are constantly busy. It's got to be nice to have nil Auburn kind of having your back and making sure you're taken care of.
2: Oh yeah, these guys have definitely changed. You know, I don't know how many Auburn athletes they have. But they definitely changed my life. I mean, just with the NCAA making this a thing and Auburn NIL was just hopped right on it and they just wanted to help us. And, you know, we're, we're helping them as well, growing their business. So, I mean, they're definitely life-changing. It's, it's just different world.
1: A big part of what fans get, uh, aside from access, when they, you know, become an NIL Auburn subscriber and they join to help support Auburn athletes, is they get a bunch of autographs. How many autographs do you think you've signed since signing with these guys?
2: Uh, I went into the office one day, I think I signed 90, 90 or so pieces of paper. Okay. And I, and I'm going to have to end up going in like next week sometime. I'm going to schedule another time to go back in. And so I'm sure I'll just keep signing more things, but I mean, the work, like the things they ask us to do are just. You know, it's nothing like, oh, my goodness. It's like, okay, heck, yeah, I get to go
1: do this. Yeah, reasonable, right. Yeah, right. reasonable, yes. And you know that it's going to get go to somebody that's supporting you, right? With, yeah, with, absolutely, which is going to yeah. be cool. Um, so if you're listening to this or watching this and you want to help Auburn athletes um, be supported even more than they already are, go to nilauburn.com, and you can check out all the information there. Sonny, um, I-, I think your walk-up song may be one of the most fun um, you know, I think it definitely excites Plainsman Park when it happens. Tell me about, did y'all ever kind of give Cam Hill a hard time for his, because it just doesn't seem like it really matches, but it's, it, it's a lot of fun whenever Shakira starts playing in Plainsman Park. <laughs>
2: no, I mean, if, uh, you, you got to know Cam Hill in the locker room, he's, uh, he's a little different guy in the locker room. He's more like open and outgoing. So that, I mean, we think it fits perfect. We love it.
0: Sure. That's awesome. I, I think it's fun. I think it's okay. fun. Lindsey. what else you got for Sonny, man? Talking about helping your teammates and stuff, uh, me and the other beat writers and the fans who watch and everything, we talk obviously a lot about you. We t- we talk a lot about uh, Trace Bright you know, and, and Blake Rambush leading off. Who are some of the guys that we're not necessarily talking about that much, but we probably should be, that are you know working behind the scenes, that are really good at what they do and are going to be future stars on the Sovereign team? I mean, <clears throat> obviously, I, I
2: can't pinpoint – one person i mean you just gotta anytime there's somebody in the lineup it's gonna be somebody to pinpoint highlight like there's gonna be just watch them because we got you know 15 20 hitters who are all special and anytime they get their name called and they're in the lineup that day it's gonna you know they're gonna do something that's productive and to help this team win
0: and talk about guys being in the lineup recently i've seen like it feels like a, a a bigger uh, focus on two-out hitting. And you guys have had a nice streak recently of, of of constricting the other consecutive hits and scoring runs with two outs. Is there anything different y'all are doing in those situations versus a normal at-bat that's uh, that's getting
2: to this success? So what we really preach on is, you know, the first two strikes the at-bat is the hitters. You know, you can do what you want with those. But when it gets to two strikes, it's just time to battle and time to, you know, if there's a runner on second, you better be moving them over. You know, if there's a runner on third, you got to get them in. And, and we've, it seems like it, for the past 10 games, we've been absolutely blistering balls right at people with, with, without two outs. And then with two outs, we'll just get, you know, just a single over the infielder's head. And so we're just, we're getting the job done and what we, what we really preach on is two strike hitting. So we keep that important.
0: Okay. Last question for me, early in the season, we saw a behind the scenes video of Sonny mic'd up uh, at an Auburn baseball practice and you made a diving catch in the outfield. How much have you lobbied Butch Thompson to give you, like, one inning in left with that, sh- with, with that short depth we have there with the monster? One inning.
2: <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't find myself to do it because, I mean, I've never played a a, pit, a single pitch in outfield in my life. So I think, it'll, I think I'm think i going to keep that streak going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: Um, so as far as your life outside of baseball, uh, you're, you're a video game guy. Is that right?
2: Yeah. What, yeah. Are, you,
1: what are you playing right now?
2: So right now I'm playing the show, uh, MLB the show if that makes MLB sense. the show. So
1: so when you play that, do you like create yourself or do you play as, as other people?
2: Uh, I mean I'll play I'll play with my like creative player type of thing. I do I do that, but I mainly play like Diamond Dynasty, which is like a fantasy type thing. Sure. And me and a group of buddies just always get it every year, and we always just play.
0: Are you, hypothetical? Yeah. If you were to create yourself, which team do you put yourself on?
2: Uh, I always do the uh, random draft. I never, I never pick a team. That's
0: a very diplomatic answer for a man yes. looking to get drafted, in June. Yeah.
2: I just, it's random.
1: Are you better at real baseball or MLB The Show?
2: I don't know. I'm actually, I'm pretty good at the show. Uh, I don't. I've, I mean, I've been playing it for like seven years, so I'm really good at the show. I don't, I don't know.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sunny. I'll, th- I'll take my
2: talents in the show. I'll
1: okay. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You need to be <laughs> like you need to start streaming some. I think that'd be awesome.
2: I think you'd be good with that. i might. That's I asked you about where you got that mic from. So I'm I'm thinking about it, man. Absolutely, it, man.
1: Absolutely. Sonny, thank you so much for your time, brother. Hey, and best of luck this weekend. Huge series
2: against Fandy. Yes, sir. Thank y'all.
1: Great stuff from Sonny Shara. Best of luck this weekend against Fandy, of course to Sonny, and the entire Auburn baseball crew it'll be a Ferg Friday tomorrow we'll also talk some NFL draft with one of the locked on NFL draft hosts about Roger McCreary everybody saying his arms are two inches too short I'm gonna say it doesn't matter but we will get his thoughts on tomorrow's show this has been locked on Auburn
0: hey prime members